Enjoying a very sober recording this week. Welcome to Hand of Pod. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 195th episode of Hand of Pod. We're recording at midday today, uh, or, well, it's one o'clock, actually, um, due to a shortage of available recordees and recording slots. I'm Sam Kelly, and I'm joined by English Dan. Hello, Sam, and welcome. For the second week running. It's almost uh, a record. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Unusual these days. Um, We are sponsored by uh, the Argentina Independent, who normally pay for our alcohol, and uh, this week, I don't know, maybe they'll chip in for the share or something, it's probably about two pesos. I'll send them a bill for the matter, don't worry. Indeed. Um, the water as well. You can read them free of charge on argentinaindependent.com, and you should do, because they are a wonderful source of English language, current affairs, um, cultural things, entertainment, and, and all the rest of it, from Argentina and across Latin America, and we thank them heartily for supporting the podcast. Without further ado... We shall get on with the football results that have happened in Argentina since we last recorded. Which a few. I've just remembered that I haven't yet brought them up on Dan's computer. So <laughs> bear with me two seconds while we wait for the page to load. Uh, the Primera División last weekend went as follows. Sarmiento de Junín nil, Olimpo nil, Belgrano de Córdoba 1, Tigre nil, Independiente 1, Defensa Justicia nil, Nueva Chicago 3, Huracán nil, Lots and lots of home clean sheets to start with, and then they changed. Godoy Cruz 1, Banfield 2, Aldo Civi 1, Colón 1, Union 1, Racing 2, Lanús 0, Estudiantes 0, Gimnasia 4, Argentinos Juniors was 2, it was a wonderful match that, San Lorenzo 2, Crucero del Norte 1, Vélez Sarsfield 2, Atletico de Rafaela 2, Newell's Old Boys 0, Tempele 0, Arsenal 1, Boca Juniors 2, River Plate 0, San Martín de San Juan 1, and Quilmes 3, Rosario Central 1. So two shocks on Monday, um, I think it's fair to say. But apart from that, all of the big five, or the, the other four of the big five, I should say, apart from River, um, won their matches. Yeah. That's bloody hot. Yes. Yeah, you got to grab it by the, the rim. But, uh, by the rim? Yeah. Lovely stuff. So we're rimming our mate now. We're rimming. Um, if you like. You know. Apologies to yeah. listeners of a sensitive disposition. <laughs> Shall we begin with Rassing down since they yeah, won and you support them? What did you make of their 2-1 win away to Union? It was a much better performance. Um, I enjoyed it. The second half was uh, a little bit worse. You had a situation where the team went in 2-0 at half-time and the second half it was everyone back. Which is sort of understandable because Union um, a very dangerous team. We saw the week before they they had that fantastic match with Boca and which 4-3 ended up, right? 4-3 4-3. And it's a team yeah, who knocks it around very nicely around the park and presses hard. So there you saw Racing really sit back and it wasn't particularly fun to watch. But the first half is probably the best they've played since... Um, since finishing champions, probably the best in 2015. Yeah, they were 2-0 up after 16 minutes, in fact, not just at half-time. Oscar Indeed. Romero and uh, Gustavo Bu, predictably, scoring the goals. And uh, Leonardo Sanchez pulled one back for Union yeah. deep into stoppage time. And the guy who really made the difference for Racing in the first half is, is the guy who scored the first goal. Fairly fortunate, a long-range shot which took a hefty deflection mm. and went past uh, Sham. No. Fernandes. I always get the Nerios mixed up. Nerio Fernandes and Nerio Champagne. Nerio Fernandes was in goal for yeah. Union. He won't be uh, this weekend because he got booked for the fifth time this year. Uh, so uh, this coming weekend, go. they're going to be uh, sticking a substitute goalkeeper yeah. And Claudio Riano got sent off. Yes. For a rather silly um, challenge, if in I remember hits. rightly, uh, late on. Yeah, right. On. It was frustration, I think. Racing more or less had it sign up and then he just hit out. But as I was saying, Romero is a Paraguay international and we haven't really seen him 
at his best in Racing. Mainly yeah, because he hasn't played that much. He's which been, is something we were just saying last week, funnily Exactly, enough, yeah. Stepped up in that and I think, if I remember correctly, we sort of looked forward to the game and said, you know, this is his chance to, to break out. And that's what he did. He connected well in, you know, more attacking Racing than we've been accustomed to, kind of. And it was almost uh, 4-2-3-1 with him in the middle, Camacho and Acuna working out outside and then Gaston Diaz and uh, Awed a little further back mm. and it was really nice to watch it was fluid it, it worked well and and yeah it was impressive from Racing very very good indeed and it took them temporarily three points um, behind the leaders although the leaders had since pulled clear again uh, because both Boca and San Lorenzo managed to win. But before we get on to those two, we shall talk about Independiente, who made it five wins in a row um, with a 1 0 win over Defensa. I think it's five 1 0 wins in a row, possibly. Uh, or five 1 goal wins, anyway. Two 1 0 wins in a row, and I think it's three of the last four have been yeah. 1 0, but they won a 2 0, and they uh, they won, I think, the first one back after the. Um, after the Copa America was a 3-1 if I remember rightly mm-hmm. um, but yeah Martin Benitez with yet another goal so Martin Benitez is very much this year's Federico Manquesho if you're yeah, wondering if you're wondering what's happened to last year's Federico Manquesho which is say Federico Manquesho um, he's injured at the yeah. moment and appears to have come down somewhat chronically because he was due to return to the squad well uh, he recovered this and weekend, went and straight down with another injury yeah he's broken down again yeah. in training apparently this week but Sorry. it seems not to have affected Independiente too much. Like no, and sometimes you get they're that. They're even with, winning uh, when not playing particularly well now because yeah, well, I, that's I, a I missed most of the right? defence against this yeah. game. But uh, they were the second best side, you know, looking at the numbers at least mm. um, for for a fair bit of it. So I'm sure Peter's going to be uh, delighted, although he can't join us this week. But he'll be, uh, you know, looking forward to the, the form of champions, as they say, is winning when you're not playing Ooh. well. Although we should mention last night, they had a setback in the Copa Argentina. Yes, they were quite thoroughly outplayed by yes. Lanús and lost 2-0 in... Where was it? It was... Gran Buenos Aires, I think, if I remember correctly. But yeah, they were, they were fairly comprehensively outplayed last night. I'm just looking up now to find out where it was. Oh, there is a match today as well. Defensive Justicia with Chacaritas this afternoon. Oof. I didn't know Defensive Justicia were playing this. La Plata. There you go. Oh, there we are. Right, lovely. Um, that well, was where Not Gran Buenos Aires, but near enough. Indeed. Um, for the transport links, it's Gran Buenos Aires. A lot of the, uh, yeah, yeah. the, the transport maps yeah, there's at count least La Plata as well for some reason. Buses, yeah. I suppose they're fairly close. Um, so that was Independiente. Boca and San Lorenzo, as we said, both managed to win. They both won 2-1, in fact. San Lorenzo had to dig very, very deep indeed against uh, the best away performance all year from Crucero del Norte, mm. um, who lost all the same to make it 10 defeats out of 10 away matches. Um, but Julio Buffarini and Matias Caruzzo's late header, Julio Buffarini's early-ish goal 26 minutes in and Matias Caruso's header in the 88th minute so they gave it to Buffarini in the end because there was some dispute whether the shot entered because it was Buffarini's shot oh, came on down was... off the bar and then Matos put it in anyway oh no no, I think it was so um, it looks like they're giving it to I think Buffarini. the consensus yeah, was, was that they um, was that Buffarini's shot crossed the line before yeah. Matos poked it in um, and that means that San Lorenzo remain joint top of the table they're on the, uh, 43 points now along with Boca um, they had to dig, as I say, very deep indeed, because Crucero del Norte were actually on top for long stretches of that mm-hmm. match. It was bizarre to watch. Yeah, although it's pretty much what we've seen from San Lorenzo all year, right? They've never dominated teams. It's always these really kind of tight victories, ground out these victories of champions, of course. I wouldn't say, though, that they normally look that much up against it. No, no, no. I mean, you're right in that they're not winning every match sort of 3 or 4 nil, no. but they they normally don't look like they might drop points to a side like Crucero del right. Norte at home. But they're doing enough. They, like uh, Bausa said in the week, the San Lorenzo coach, it's like, we're not, you know, steaming past anyone, but we're getting the points and that's what counts. Mm. And they've done it pretty much since the start of the year, I think. If I remember correctly, they had a fairly tepid start to the year, and but in the last 20 games or so, no, last 15 games, they've just been really yeah. quite efficient. Yeah, I mean they they struggled to um, 
uh, in the Copa Libertadores, obviously at the yeah. start of the year, but they were they hit the block, got out of the blocks very well in the league, and basically they, they they've lost three games, which is I'm a feeling it's oh, no Boca have probably lost four, haven't they? And, um, and River it's, obviously yeah, it's only lost Racing, two in the San Lorenzo, and but the reason they've racked up all those points is because they've barely drawn any either. They've got yeah. three defeats of four. Um, four draws and all the rest have been wins they, they've just they, they've been like a machine yeah very through. impressive but, I mean as, as you say as we said they've not tended, they've got uh, two three nils one four nil yeah and, that, and all the rest have been by either one or two goals I um, think the key's been all the clean sheets right like, it's very hard to, uh, yeah. to put goals past San Lorenzo they've yeah. got a very strong defence and Caruso who he had a pretty nightmare spell in in Boca he's, he's looked a lot more solid not judging by Sunday's performance, which was a lot more ragged than, than we've been used to, but generally they just a very very solid team. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and Boca also got a two-one win to stay joint top of the league alongside San Lorenzo on Sunday night in a match that I think it's fair to say should have been more than two-one in Boca's favour. Oh yeah, it was um, so one-sided. Well, they had two goals ruled out for offside, and Nibra was both but one of them was scandalous the decision. You know, under the oh, modern, I don't know if either of them no, was, under I the mean, modern interpretation of the offside, that's not offside by any. But they were both incredibly tight. The, 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 it was both kind of level, as opposed to offside. It, it wasn't as if either of them were kind of five yards on, and the, and the mm. lines were flagged. The first one, I think, was a little bit more more clear cut. Like Palacios was never offside. Mm. I think the linesman got confused because Tevez left it, but possibly, I'd say so. Possibly. Yeah. But um, I can understand the the, the mistake. Yeah, it happens. Um, and Arsenal's goal uh, came with almost literally the last kick of the game. So Boca were, in fact, two up in any case uh, for a very good stretch of the second half. But um, overall for Boca, decent performance. Admittedly, it's a way to Arsenal, so there's not an awful <laughs> lot you can take from it. And they got another win yeah. um, on Wednesday night. 4-0 against Guarani Antonio Franco in the Copa Argentina, which means that they are through to the quarterfinals of that. There's not really an awful lot to say about that. No, what you can say for Boca is... win over Guarani Antonio Franco. Yeah. What you can say about Boca is, you know, everyone talks about Tevez, and Tevez has made a hell of an impact since coming back. He possibly hasn't scored the scored the bucket loads of goals we might have expected, but he's done everything else mm. apart, from, you know, apart from that. But aside from Tevez... Uh, there's another couple of players, Pablo Perez and and Jonathan Caleri. And they well, Perez scored on against Arsenal and Caleri as well, and he also scored last night. Uh, these guys have really pulled um, pulled Boca forward. Yeah, that's been the, the thing because Thomas hasn't played badly by any stretch of the imagination. We we knew he wasn't going to. He's looked fairly decent, um, but he's not been the towering figure. You know, head and shoulders above everybody else in the team, no. which I think a lot of people were expecting, partly because Boca had been so pedestrian yeah. before he arrived. And Boca haven't really stopped being pedestrian as such, but some of the others are clearly starting to step it up a yeah. bit and, and to maybe not quite play on Tevez's level, but um, but but to, to feel perhaps that the pressure's been taken off them now yeah, that Tevez completely. is there. I mean, um, even, even Gawa, we can yeah. see a difference. Because now you know he's got Tevez who who does direct a lot of the playmaking and and he's scoring he goals. Back. I think he's, he's scoring twice goals. since Tevez came back. Obviously, well, yeah. one of them was last night against Guarani and Antonio Franco. It was a fantastic strike. I think last night's was the sixth goal he scored in his career <laughs> for club and national team. Um, it wouldn't me. It would surprise me if it was that high, to be honest. But the second in, I'm going to click through now because I'm sure it's in about a month. I'm sure he scored one in the yeah. Day. He scored a couple of weeks ago. Where is he? He scored. Oh, he scored two in the league this season, apparently, league. against Belgrano and Olimpo. Yeah. And Boca have played Belgrano and Olimpo. Here we are. In yeah, so Belgrano was the was three league games ago. And in the first game of the season. Game of the season. Um, so even Fernando Gago is now starting yeah. to score goals in the plural, which <laughs> is uh, uh, possibly the the most amazing. Um, result of, of Carlos Tevez's return to Boca Juniors. <laughs> the miracle, man. <laughs> Indeed. Um, the one member of the Big Five who we haven't talked about in depth at the moment, of course, um, are River Plate, who brought to an end a run of, I think it was 11 league games uh, without defeat in the Monumental by losing for the first time ever to San Martin de San Juan in the Monumental. San Martin did beat them in San Juan. 
um, a couple of years ago. Um, it was a 1-0 defeat. It was, um, I think it's fair to say, and in fact, San Martin's manager, Carlos Machor, did say it afterwards that uh, San Martin's match plan had been to go out all guns blazing initially, try and get the lead, and then hold on until about the 70th minute because they knew that River were going to be knackered after that point having gone to Japan and back since um, in, in, in the previous week for a friendly that they didn't want to play um, yeah it was so. inevitable right I mean the game was all about bringing the trophies onto the pitch having a having a good celebration uh, the football was was almost secondary and it definitely I don't was know about that because if River had won then yeah, but currently be three points mentality, the mentality they had that, had that horrific trip to Japan mm. and yeah, just a week before they they won their Libertadores. At some point, it was going to catch up. Indeed, and um, I think that was it. I think that it's it's it was a good illustration of why Rivers Board were trying to get the the Suruga Bank Trophy delayed until the Club World Cup trip, um, which they were within their rights to do, and mm. and uh, we, we've seen why now. Um, I think it's fair to say that we can expect River to get back back up to their previous standard fairly quickly. Now they've had a proper yeah I think that's I think that's fair to say ahead of visiting a Estudiantes on Sunday which won't be an easy match Mm. Um, but also I didn't see anything you know being aware obviously that they were that they were tiring Um, as a River fan I didn't see too much to to actually make me worried about oh is this going to be what it's like for the next could have easily been a draw you know River had chances to equalise but you know um we should mention, of course, we can't talk about River Plate without talking about Ramiro Funes Mori, um, who has just been sold to Everton for eight million dollars, which is the sorry eight million euros, um, which is the biggest fee River Plate have ever received for a defender. Hey. Apparently, is he the best defender River Plate have ever sold? Dan, I'm trying to think of other defenders they sold. Uh, well, Daniel Passarella. Passarella. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a little Martin bit. Michele, so I think it's it's a little bit premature to uh, to be comparing him to uh, Passarella. I think, but there are some similarities. He scores lots of the goals. The goal scoring, yeah, the cavalier marches up the pitch. That's probably about as far as we can go with that. Indeed, um, if I were River's accountant, I'd be absolutely delighted now because apparently that transfer means that River are going to. Um, rule out the sale of Eder Alvarez Balanta for this transfer window, which means they're arguably replacing Funes Mori with somebody who's better than him anyway. Um, yeah, Jonathan Maidana's sale to Atalanta is still a possibility. We're um, trying to do everything to delay it until until after the club world January, cup. January, yes. Um, I was just, more concerned with that because I mean, essentially, Ramiro Funes Mori is probably River's third best centre back, or was River's yeah, third best centre back. I mean, He's an icon because he scored the goal against Boca, and you know he's the local, well, not local boy, but the guy who came up for the youth team, and he's the Funes Mori that doesn't miss chances, which is always a, a point in his favour. Although his brother's doing okay now in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. But, um, to what? What do you, I've given my opinion on Twitter to various people in the last few days? But what do you think about Funes Mori? What do you think Everton fans should should expect from him now? Uh, I, also, I also talked about this on Twitter and I think the best you can say about him is he's a player who's come on a lot in the in the last year. He's really improved um, under Gachardo, he's he's looking a lot more assured. He's, you know, an aggressive defender, he, he gets up in people's faces and he can go from the sublime to the ridiculous almost uh almost simultaneously, mm. which is which is quite a feat. So I don't know if He's a an Everton type play, you know, a team that's probably gonna need to dig dig deep, and they'll be around, you know, maybe mid lower table. But we'll see. We might be we might be pleasantly surprised by by Funes Mori. The question is, will he get the work permit? Right? Is that still the thing? Is the work permit decisions can be appealed? Yeah. Um, I would have thought that Everton are going to have to appeal it because he doesn't have an EU passport and he doesn't have the requisite number of international caps. Mm-hmm. But one would also think that they'll succeed in that appeal. Um, mm-hmm. He's in the current Argentina squad, which probably helps. One does wonder whether Gerardo Martino maybe has a, <laughs> a cut in his transfers. I think you made that joke to me yesterday on Twitter, didn't you? Right. Um, and um, yeah, but I mean, I would have thought that Everton would have checked that 
that kind of stuff out before spending the money. Yeah, you had a foot, sorry, right? Um, and, or they've got a clause somewhere in there that if he doesn't get a work permit, the whole thing collapses. And, and the other thing, of course, is that I'm assuming he speaks decent English. Because they definitely uh, should do, both, yeah. both of the brothers um, spent a, a decent amount of time in the United States when they were kids while their dad was looking for work. And um, he trained with Chelsea as well, right? When he was young. Uh, yeah, sort of. well, <laughs> it's... Uh, yes. It's a way of saying... <laughs> they, yeah. they, they won a, a talent show on Ram- <laughs> Rogelio, his Gabriel's... Um, Rogelio Gabriel Funes Mori won a talent show who is uh, Ramiro's twin brother. Um, run by the MLS, and one of the either one of the prizes or one of the um, one of the prizes was a trial for MLS clubs or something, and a Chelsea scout was there, or one of the prizes was a trial for Chelsea. Yeah. It depends on which version well, of the story. Basically, you read. a training session with Chelsea, say, you know, yeah, something like that. And the I think it was in fact the work permits or the visa issue that got in the way um, when that happened, but um, and, and they ended up coming back to Argentina and, and taking a trial for the River and getting into the side, both of them, right? Because um, even though um, their stay in the US was fairly in a an illegal grey area, right? Uh, I've heard, heard <laughs> Americans, uh, American Twitter followers have informed me that um, the documentation situation situation of their dad when when they were in the states was uh, questionable. Yes, mm-hmm. um, not that there's anything you know, not not that we have a huge problem with that on Hannah Pod. No, uh, of course, <laughs> we would never. Um, yeah, speak out against that kind of thing. It's no. you know, free board, open borders, freedom of movement. Absolutely, we're very much in favour. Another player um, who might be leaving River Plate, but again, not until January. We hope, or I hope, is Matthias Kranemitter, um, who is increasingly noisily being linked with a move to Atletico de Madrid. You've already heard this already. It's going to be around. I think the fee they're talking at the moment is about eight million euros for sixty percent of his registration. So River would have essentially got a forty percent sell-on fee, which could be a lot of money in a few years' time. Um, Plus Kranemitter and Vieto in the same team was. Awesome. Yes, indeed. Um, Very promising for us. Looking forward to the 2018 World Cup. Well, if, hazard to if Gerardo Martino decides to bring some new blood into the national team, which is another matter. Um, You'd have to sooner or later, right? <laughs> well, you would think so, but yeah. it seems to be resisting it so far. Um, the um, big question for River at the moment is whether they're going to be able to bring in Martin Demichelis um, to <laughs> replace Funev Mori. This seems to be pie in the sky, and I'm not really sure Man City are going to let him go, so let's not bother discussing that. Uh, and for the Club World Cup, that's an even bigger pie in, in an even bigger sky, yeah, right? That's, that's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> um, great. The other title challenges outside the Big Five. Uh, some of them got decent results, but Rosario Central, right after Rivers' match, uh, lost 3-1 away to Quilmes after taking very early lead through Marco Ruben. Really good performance from Quilmes. I think the best poor performance from of the Central year. as well. And Central very were very, poor. very poor, which is uncharacteristic mm-hmm. um, for them. Gimnasia's 4-2 win over Argentinos with 2-0 to Argentinos with a quarter of the match to go. Mm. Gimnasia pulled one back. Rodrigo Contreras came off the bench and scored almost immediately um, to give Gimnasia hope. And then, but in the 83rd minute, it was still 2-1 to Argentinos. <laughs> and Gimnasia ran in three goals in those closing moments of the match to get a 4-2 win. That actually they deserved. Um, yeah, Ronaldo um, Lenis was the superb would have been for Argentinos. A, an absolute robbery. He, Lenis took his two goals really well for Argentinos, but that was about all you could say for them. Yeah. And apart from that, the first goal Argentina scored came straight from a Gimnasia penalty that they managed to miss. Yes, straight out the other end and scored. Was that the one that shouldn't have been given? It was a... marginal. Let's put it like that. I can't exactly remember, but there was there was a penalty yeah. given somewhere in the league this this week, which was saved, having been awarded for a foul outside the box. No, it wasn't that one. That wasn't that one, no. was it? That was in um, some of, one of the other games. Can't yeah. remember which. We oh, we got to mention Chicago's win. Yes, of course. Win. Yes, uh, Nueva Chicago, after just the twentieth attempt, have managed to win a league game. Um, in style, three nil against Huracan, which probably says more about Huracan than it does about Nueva Chicago. Because the hilarious thing was that Chicago scored their three goals from three shots on target. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's still three more shots on target than they managed all season. That's we should mention. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, yes, it was. stupid Dan. Oh well. And Ramon Avila had a penalty, uh, well, skied it over the crossbar, in fact, very late on as well for Oracan. Um, 
it was uh, entertaining stuff all round, as long as you didn't support Orakan and hadn't predicted yeah. an Orakan win, which was the logical thing to predict, I'd just like to mention. Um, yeah, I think I'll do the same. Karkov, I would say we aren't expecting them to win. <laughs> so now what do we do? Like, we got to um, take into account that Chicago can actually win matches when making predictions. Well, Chicago's next match is away to um, Crucero del Norte. Mm-hmm. So either Chicago or Crucero del Norte are going to pick up some points, possibly both, this weekend. Um, in spite of neither of them being very good. But ultimately, I don't think there's too much doubt that it's going to be those two teams who get relegated. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I can't see any other possibility, to be honest. They're, they're both no. awful. Um, they've both not got any points to, to man- maintain them from, from other seasons. And anybody who manages to stay up this year might very well be guaranteeing themselves another year and a half of Primera football. They should do, yeah. All but guaranteeing, at least, because um, the AFA are very strongly suggesting, I think it is, to journalists uh, with connections inside the AFA at the moment, that in the middle of next year, uh, there will only be one team relegated from the 30-team Primera. In the short season? Yes, in the, in the, at the end of the transitional championship before we head back to a European season, in inverted commas, with 30 teams still. Um this has all been linked in with the discussions around Marcelo Tinelli's um, stance for the AFA presidency, um, which we discussed in more detail last week. But just to add to what we said last week, AFA are now very strongly hinting that the president, I think they've confirmed, in fact, that the presidential elections for the AFA will be held in March next year, yeah, which is about March. five or six months later than they were expected to be held and mean that Marcelo Tinelli will be able to stand for the presidency. He will have had three and a half years as a director of San Lorenzo by that mm-hmm. point, which I guess they're saying is close enough to the four years that the AFA regulations stipulate. As far as I understand, they don't do it on on days, it's on it's on years. Calendar so years. Since he's starting his fourth year, it counts as as four years. That sounds like they're just trying to reinterpret the rule in it. Oh, completely. Yeah. It was a complete capitulation from from the president, Luis Segura, who uh, well, he didn't because he's ill at the moment, but he held a meeting with his son, speaking for him, basically, mm. Luis Jr., who's the Argentinos Juniors, lots of geniuses here, uh, the Argentina president, uh, Claudio Tapia, who is the Barraca Central president and uh, vice president of AFA, and basically... Segura's right-hand man, uh, Tinelli, and Matias Lamins, who's the um, San Lorenzo president. And Indeed. Tinelli's right-hand man. And Tinelli is now... <laughs> paradoxically enough. Tinelli is now the third vice president of the AFA. Yes. AFA not post, having had three vice presidents yes, prior to... post invented for him. ...to this uh, reorganisation. Yes. So he already gets to start throwing his weight around now, which I think is what he mostly wants to do. Yes. Other title challenges, Belgrano got a 1-0 win over Tigre on Friday evening, which was a very hard-fought one and a very good performance from them. And what does that do to the standings? It means... That San Lorenzo and Boca Juniors, as we say, are a joint top still of the league with 43 points. River Plate still have one match in hand, but have um, thrown away the opportunity, let's say, to uh, to go joint top by winning their games in hand with that defeat to uh, San Martin. They've got 37 points, so they're six back, as have Racing and Belgrano. So there are three teams currently tied on 37 points on those, we say. River do have a game in hand. That's a way to defence Eustisia, and we don't know when it will be played just yet. Um, on 36 points in 6th place are Rosario Central. In 7th on 35 are Independiente. And in 8th on 35, behind Independiente on goal difference, Gimnasia La Plata. Um, mm. That's everybody who's within 10 points at the top, because Banfield in 9th <coughs> are on 32. So 11 points behind the leaders. Um, it's still a pretty tight title race, but we're starting to get to the point now where you can see... Probably San Lorenzo, Boca, River are going to be the challengers from this point on, and that, those are the yeah, run-ins that we're looking at. Um, and I believe we've got San Lorenzo, Boca coming up. We in have a not too distant future. Yep, uh, it's Boca San Lorenzo. In fact, I think it's a Labonera. But uh, yeah, I think that's in two. Uh, it's not this coming weekend. I think it's the weekend after. Mm-hmm. Um, Boca have got a run of matches, in fact, which could very well be decisive because. Yeah, Boca have probably got the most played. difficult run in, and in the next three, get they play uh, home to Godoy Cruz this weekend. That should be three points, right? You, would, you think? would think so, yes, given their record at La Bombonera, obviously, except for the last game at La Bombonera, which they lost to Union. Um, 
and Godoy Cruz struggle away from home as well. Uh, but then they visit Gimnasia, which will be tricky. They're at home to San Lorenzo, which is always a tricky fixture for, Boxer, for Boca. And then they're away to River. <laughs> so three games in a row, which could very well decide Boca's title prospects, ultimately. They, they play Racing away on the third from last weekend. They have to host Tigre on the penultimate weekend. And then they visit Central on the last weekend. So that's a really awkward last three games for them as well. Um, so Boca's running is... Not the kindest. The no. um, problem is it's the same for Racing as well because all uh, Racing's fixtures are one after Boca. Right. So, but the good so, thing yeah, is... played Central yeah. at the beginning of the year. And exactly. Yeah. But the good thing is with that is that since Boca's a fairly tough clash for, for any team, you tend to get the, t- get the opposition a little bit uh, softened up. So, yeah, it's not too bad for Racing in that, in that sense. For River, I'm going to... Stick to although they've dropped three points this weekend, and, and as a result, if they win their game in hand, they're only three behind. They're three behind the the leaders rather than um, level on points. I'm going to stick to River, probably get, having a better chance than Boca at least of the title, um, because River's difficult fixtures are Boca, of course, but it's at home, um, and Independiente away, and apart from those, looking at the team's current form rather than their reputations. And, and Estudiantes this weekend, obviously. Um, but apart from those, I, I don't think that um, that River have got too many fixtures that, given the the sort of confidence that, that should be in River's side at the moment and the way they've been playing this year, uh, that shouldn't cause them too many problems. They still have to, for example, host Huracan. They have to go away to Nueva Chicago. Crucero del Norte, who won't be playing on their own pitch for that match. Um, they'll be playing in, in neutral stadium, which will probably favour River. Um, they've got to go away to defence Justicia, as we say in the, in the game in hand. Vélez are playing very poorly, and they've got home ties against Newell's Aldo Civi, Lanús, who aren't playing too well at the moment, um, and Huracan. I mean, you'd have to look at that and say that the Boca and Independiente games stand out as being the most difficult yeah. by some distance. Um, and San Lorenzo's running, and this is why I think now that River having dropped points, San Lorenzo are now favourites for the title, because... It's something that we mentioned on Handapod several times last year after the format for this year's championship was being rumoured. We mentioned it again at the beginning of this year when the format was confirmed, is that uh, the extra round of Clásicos is going to bias the title race in favour of San Lorenzo because River and Boca neck and neck with uh, San Lorenzo in the title race. And in fact, Racing and Independiente, well, Racing particularly, um, they've got to play their extra fixtures in Clásicos, extra Clásicos, um, against teams who are in really good form Racing have got yep. to play Independiente River and Boca have got to play each other these are all difficult matches San Lorenzo get to play their extra game because all the Clásicos get played home and away <laughs> even though everything else only gets played once away admittedly but against Huracan who are shit yes so are. San Lorenzo have got a far better chance of picking up three points if River and Boca draw the Super Clásico Yes, right in the favour. Even that's, if that's a two-point advantage for San Lorenzo. Yeah. And, you know, the, from the neutral point of view, you could say, well, this, this could suggest that we're actually going to see a Super Classico where River and Boca are obliged to, to go out and attack and it could actually turn out to be a decent match in the Super Classico for a change, which would be, you know, unusual. But at the same time, it means that the league, the league championship could come down to something that's essentially anti-sporting. And it's, you know, it's not really... Yeah, the lack of... Uh, geography, precisely. In a sense. Well, and, and your opponent's current form, because yeah. you know, if if Boca at the moment were were absolutely awful, mm. um, then another account were quite good. Yeah. Then the advantage would swing Rivers' way, which is no fairer. It would have um, been interesting to see someone like Villas in in the mix for the last few games, because I think since their Clasico isn't well, their Clasicos were Chicago, but for some reason it wasn't put as yeah. their Clasico. And I think they've been put with their Clásico against Aldo Civi or, or something like that. I think so I have a feeling Aldo Civi is against Atlético de Rafaela, those <laughs> famous rivals. But yeah, yes. Vélez have got uh, somebody Someone relatively like that, easy. But we'll have a look in a second. Yeah. But uh, San Lorenzo's running. Uh, away to Boca is tricky, but given the head-to-head and the historical record between those clubs, San Lorenzo having beaten Boca more than Boca have beaten them. They'll be reasonably confident, I would think, given the form they're in. Yeah. Um, they've got a home game against Racing. They have to go away to Tigre. They have to host Central. It's not as easy a run-in as, as uh, I think River have probably got. But River but, are going to have the Sudamericana. Yeah. Which does influence. Um, and although River go into the Sudamericana at the last 16 stage, yeah. 
and September, the league is going to be October. the league going to be wrapping up by the time the Sudamericana semi-finals begin. Okay. So River don't necessarily have to worry about that as yeah. much, I don't think. Because um, I think, incidentally, I'm going to be interested if, if River finish in the Copa Libertadores playoff spots. Yes. Does everything drop down one place in the league, or do River play in the playoff to decide which? And, and then somebody else picks up their league spot anyway. That's going to be interesting to no, see. No, they'll have but automatic so, entry in the group stages as the winner. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. So what happens to the, the way the league decides? The extra well? spot will... Well, if, Basically, if, for the benefit of those who don't know, if River finish between third and fifth, yeah. um, then they have the potential to qualify for the Copa Libertadores twice because they've done it once already by winning this year's. Um, I'm not sure the Athletes yeah. thought any of this stuff through. I'm well, sure they have. No, because they're doing they it through the Ligisha. Oh, so if River so, um, finish between third and guessing, fifth, do they play in the League Isha? Or do they No no they'll go they're out the they're, team in sixth. They're in the Libertadores whatever so. happens. Yeah. So I'm guessing in the Ligisha they give an extra spot and they the first two teams in the Ligisha will go through. Or something like that. But do River play in the Ligisha? No, no, no. No, they won't play. Why would they play if they're already in? Well, because in the the structure. Yeah, but no, they'll get automatic entry. Presumably then yeah. if River say finish Fourth, then the teams in the Ligisha would be the teams who finish third, fifth, sixth, seventh. You would think. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. They'd have to, you know, decide who goes into the Ligisha right. differently. No, I, who goes into yeah. the um, But what you'd have to think as well is that the uh, River winning the Libertadores opens another spot for the Argentines, right? Poss- yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have another team entering the Ligisha and possibly two. Libertadores qualification places in the Ligisha. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the AFA decides in, in February. In February, probably. Indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, in fact, if in that case, if River finish anywhere in the top six, which they're pretty much definitely going to, yeah. um, it, it's going to be confusing. And if they win a Sudamericano, we just have to... Potentially result in in everybody who finishes down to 19th or 20th getting a Sudamericana playoff place as well uh, but we'll talk about this closer to the time San Lorenzo's running not the easiest but also not the most difficult and I think now with that the advantage of playing their Classico against a much worse team combined with the fact that River have just dropped those points uh, this weekend just gone against San Martin makes San Lorenzo narrow favourites for the title although mm. we've still got nine games to go um Nine games? Ten games to go. In fact, sorry. For um, River. Nine and in, games. And in River's us. case, 11. Are we in the 20th? Yeah, well, everybody's played 20 and everybody's got to play 30. Ah, right, yeah. With the extra game. Because of the classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is still a third of the championship to go, so it's possibly slightly early to be talking about this, actually, now. Mm. Having already been talking about it for the last 10 or 15 minutes, uh, we've decided that we're not going to. Excellent. There we go. <laughs> this podcast is ever so professional. Um, Copa Argentina... We've mentioned already that Boca beat Guarani Antonio Franco 4-0 and Independiente lost 0-2 to Lanús. And we've um, also discovered, as we sat down to record, that Defensa Justicia played Chacarita this afternoon. Um, so that will have been played by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. And you don't really care what happened anyway. So no, no. we'll come back to you and that. round up the Copa Argentina uh, last 16 and preview the quarterfinals when we know who all those quarterfinals are. Independiente, Lanús and Boca, Guarani, Antonio Franco were the first two of the last 16 matches. Um, anything else to go through? No, we covered a little bit of Tenelia. I think there's that much more to say for now. He's going to run for, for president, but not until March. And I think that's got more to do with finding any sort of opponent who's uh, who's AFA friendly who could who could match him in that time. Indeed. Possibly, as I said last week, um, Victor Blanco, who was one of the few presidents who refused uh, to back Tonelli's uh, petition. Yeah, and it would be um, it's going to be an interesting race, but I mean, yeah. Tonelli's going to be the overwhelming favourite. Uh, to to win it one would think particularly because he's got basically all the politicians in the country behind him as well I'm going to make a prediction now and <clears throat> I want you to remember for this time in in March I'll try to whoever wins I'm not going to guarantee any names whoever wins the AFA presidency race is going to do it with a unanimous vote remember 
not sticking your neck out too far there, but uh, yes, we'll, yeah. we'll try and remember this. All this talk of a race, and I'm sure that it's not going to happen. It, all the real campaigning is going to be done behind closed doors much before the vote. Yeah, it, it'll be agreed, I would agree. Um, I don't think there's too much else to talk about on the pitch, so we're going no. to take a very short musical interlude now, and when we come back, we will answer some questions from our wonderful listeners. questions we've only had a few this week because uh, of the slightly unusual recording time um, Tony says which defender would you prefer to head to the Premier League instead of Ramiro Funes Mori i.e. one that might succeed <laughs> I think Ooh. Funes Mori might succeed yeah he's got a decent I'm chance I'm cautious about it it wouldn't surprise me if he turns out to be a colossal failure and it also wouldn't mm. surprise me if he turns out to actually be a bit better than most people are expecting of him um, but uh, prefer heading uh, from River's point of view as I said I think they'll be perfectly happy to see him leaving They've got yeah especially for that defenders. transfer fee but in terms of centre-backs who might be better at making that leap mm, you'd say if you're talking about more the finished article someone like Lolo in, in Racing mm. Um, or Maidana in fact or Maidana yeah um, I'd rather have Maidana of, than putting his money in my team at right least now. in terms of his brain and, and, and how switched on he, he seems to be yeah um, or well mm, mm. <laughs> San Lorenzo San Lorenzo San Lorenzo centre backs yeah they got uh, I'm not sh- see Caruso I'm not too sure about as you said earlier he nah Caruso is um, always Massively consistent. Yeah. Um, I say Mass, the left back's a, a very decent player. Mm. And Shepes is, I mean, mm. neither Cheto nor, nor Shepes, to be honest, I can see making it. Well, Shepes is about 78, yeah. so he's probably had his day uh, if he was ever <laughs> yeah, going to think so. Nice, really. um, no, fun his money, and yeah, he's not. He's not bad. There's, there's potential. If he applies himself and learns, then he might not turn out to be a complete disaster. Uh, Darren Paul says, does anyone know anywhere I can online I can listen to Argentine commentary in English? Yes, Darren, your Rabble TV um, channel, which is, uh, give it a try. Um, to listeners, well done, Darren, getting a plug-in. When he knew that you we were there right? as well, right? You do the old game? Uh, not so much anymore, but oh, right. I did for a while. Um, Darren also says can we see Videla returning straight back in place of Cerro at Racing and did we enjoy three at the back I know I did Darren yeah as I said it was a lot more entertaining at least um, a lot more fluid from Racing Uh, with respect to um, Videla he's going to return he's definitely first choice at number five and if you put him in that team I'd rather have him if we're going to go for the same sort of lineup as we saw against Union I'd, I'd put him straight in instead of Awed because Awed's um, very good on the ball he, he passes well but he doesn't quite have the same mobility and you know, the same fire in his belly as Videla so I'd stick Videla um, straight in that team alongside Camacho alongside Romero if he's fit of course because it's a position where you need to be uh, 100% and um, so yeah, if if he's fit and he's he's ready to go, he'll he'll play. If not, Serra and Awed um, are very good deputies. Acevedo is not quite as good. And um, what did you think of Racing's back three? It was more of a a back three point five. That would be my definition. He had obviously the the three uh, Grimi, Lolo, and Sanchez. I'd rather see Cabral in there than Sanchez because I like seeing the youngsters, and I think. Cabral is probably a player who's got a little more future than Sanchez but uh, what you had as well was Gaston Diaz who was on the right of midfield and but almost playing like a right back when Union were in possession and then someone like Acuna as well who 
He's very good, you know, he does the defensive part of his game very well. Um, so, yeah, it was sort of a, a misleading three at the back, but you can't argue with results. And getting a 2 1 win at Union's very good indeed. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Liam Kelly has the last two questions, yes. Um, he says on Ramiro Funet Mori, it's good business. It'll be interesting to see how he develops. Are there any more on the way out? He's mentioned one of them, Jonathan Maidana, who we said earlier, um, might be on his way to Atalanta. Um, but River are going to be trying to keep hold of them at least until the end of the year. And Matias Kranemeter, again, to Atletico de Madrid. Um, it's been talked about for a while. It would seem to be all but confirmed. Um, and it's another one that will be going through in December or January rather mm-hmm. than now. River are going to try and hang on as much as they possibly can to pretty much everybody else. Although Tomas Martinez who wasn't really getting much game time for the first team anyway, has been loaned to Spanish second division side Tenerife. Oh. It'll be interesting to, to see how he does for, for one year. The um, other interesting case in Rivers, um, Mora, who looks yeah. like he is going to stay. He was basically well, he is, on the point staying. of boarding he's, a plane he's, he's to, to go to Saudi Arabia, right? Or yeah, uh, his, his contract Dubai, runs until the end of... he decided to get on the plane to go to Japan instead. His contract runs until the middle of next year and he decided on basically on the day um, that this plane was, was due to leave, um, that he actually wanted to stay at River and, and repay the fans for all of the uh, love that they have shown him oh. during this wonderful Copa Libertadores run. Um, so he's he's staying. Um, Liam also asks, could Martin de Michelis return to River after Otamendi is transferred to Manchester City? Uh, no. Here's the answer to that one. I, I can't see how River are going to manage. It's been talked about a lot here. River have said that they want to go for him, but... Uh, Realistically, I'd have thought that he's still going to be a, a useful squad player for City to have, and they're not just going to let him go like that. Yeah, obviously, the only thing you'd have no. to see is if they can sort out some sort of lineup until the Club World Cup. Or, but yeah, or or as I said, we were saying this this time last year and again at the beginning of the year about Carlos Tevez de Boca, mm. because how can they afford the transfer fee? Yeah. If maybe uh, City are able to to, to get some uh, future options on on River players or whatever, as yeah. Juventus did with Boca, um, who knows? River might surprise us, but I'm, I wouldn't expect Demi Chalice to leave. In all honesty, no. And well, I, would, I guess his, his experience is going to be useful, but um, I'm not sure. I would have thought the River are going to be more realistically going to be looking at, um, at bringing in somebody from elsewhere in the Argentine league to replace uh, Philip Mori. Obviously, long-term, that, that, that goes without saying, because Demi Chelis isn't going to be playing for very much longer anyway. Um, and Liam also makes the point that Vélez are going to be very pleased with the Otamendi transfer. And yeah, they will. They're, they're going to yeah. get a hell of a lot of money for that, from their point of view, um, for a €40 million, Euro, isn't it? Thing, yeah. I think it's but would they not have already used the, um, the option of the, of the added fee? He went from Vélez to Porto. Yeah, but they got Porto solidarity to, uh, payment. Valencia. Ah, okay. They got, you got a solidarity payment for as long as he, he continues to play, basically, for every chance oh, really? that he makes. I mean, it, it diminishes the yeah, percentage yeah. that get diminishes. Um, but, yeah, they continue to happen. So they might um, get a couple of million, three million, if it's 40. Something like that. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I can't oh, remember okay. exactly. Um, and with that... That's all the listeners' questions this, this week because we forgot to mention that we were recording until relatively late <laughs> before we did. Um, so now, listeners, this is Mystic Sam's theme music and you will hear his predictions for the weekend to come right after this. Here we go. Some interesting matches this weekend and some matches that really underline what a ridiculous idea the 30-side national uh, top flight was. You'll realise which fixtures I'm talking about when I get to them. First of all, Atletico de Rafaela against Newell's Old Boys I think is going to be a draw. Banfield against Gimnasia y Grima La Plata is a Gimnasia win for me. Racing against Arsenal de Sarandí I think is a Racing win every day of the week. San Martín versus Independiente is a draw, I think. Mostly given that San Martin have got home advantage. Um, Olimpo against Quilmes is another draw. And those two sides, slightly surprisingly, are both in pretty good form at the moment, I think. Yeah, Quilmes, uh, Quilmes have won three in a row, and Olimpo have won three and drawn one of the last four. And they beat him Racing and Central. Yeah. Not 
No, no, absolutely, yeah, against decent side as well. Um, Argentinos Juniors against San Lorenzo is going to be a San Lorenzo win, which might spell the end for Nestor Gorosito, Argentinos manager. I think it's about time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colón against Vélez Sarsfield is going to be a draw and a match to miss. Rosario Central against Belgrano is going to be a draw, in my opinion. Boca Juniors versus Godoy Cruz is going to be a Boca Juniors victory. Estudiantes versus River Plate I think is going to be a river win narrow one but I do think they'll get it Huracan against Lanús is going to be a Lanús win Tigre against Union is a draw for me two sides who are a bit better than than, uh, recent than their most recent results suggest and then we come to Monday and the two matches uh, which illustrate just what a dire situation this 30-team top flight uh, is going to thrust upon us because on Monday, Crucero del Norte versus Nueva Chicago is going to become an actual fixture that's been played in the Argentine Primera División. Um, I think that Crucero del Norte are going to get the win. But really, it's going to be hideous. And the other match is Defensa Justicia versus Aldo Civi, which might be slightly better. Um... I'm going to go for an Aldo City victory there, even mm-hmm. though they're actually in worse form coming into it. Um, Tempele versus Sarmiento is perhaps not quite as bad as the others. But, nah, um, it's not far off. It's mm. Yeah, it's not going to be brilliant either, and I think that that one is a Tempele win. Yeah. The fact that there were three there after I said on Monday suggests that I've actually got the day wrong for uh, Crucero against Chicago. Um, <laughs> but there we are, it's probably going to be on Sunday. But uh, those are your predictions for this weekend. Do you disagree with any, Dan? Or, or do no, you I think strongly agree with any? Maybe a little bit ambitious with the River win. I think that's going to be a, a tough game. I wouldn't be surprised to see a draw. But mm, you're not far off. The thinking behind the River win was that Estudiantes haven't been too goal-happy recently. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, there's not very much in that one. Particularly given that Estudiantes are the home side. Uh, it should be an interesting match anyway. Uh, for Sunday night, presumably. And the yeah. Copa Argentina quarter-finals, by the way, we may as well start to list them. Boca Juniors are going to play whoever wins out of Chacarita and Defensa Justicia. Um, and Lanús are going to play whoever wins out of Gimnasia La Plata and Vélez Sarsfield, since we mentioned that those two have won already. And then next week, on. Racing will be playing Atlanta on Wednesday. So we might not get there to record. Super. Right. In that <laughs> the case, other games I haven't got a clue. We're guessing sometime during next week. It's only the Copa Argentina anyway. I don't think we should let it get in the way of recording too much, bearing in mind the difficulty that we have had finding a slot for this week. Um, but thank you very much for making this recording anyway, though. Well, um, I'd have been a bit of a pickle without you. Possibly um, next week as well, if you do on Thursday, I'll be free. We shall see what happens. Uh, thank you very much, listeners, for listening to this. And thank you very much to the Argentina Independent for supporting us. They're a fine source of English language news, current affairs cultural articles, photo essays and all the rest of it from Argentina and across Latin America and you should listen to them. Listen to them? No, that's us. You should read them free of charge on argentinaindependent.com and follow them on Twitter at argentinaindy, I-N-D-Y. Thank you very much to them as ever for supporting the podcast and for now it is goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye and thank you for listening. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye.